ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به وارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار مرحبا بكم جميعا اهلا وسهلا this is the second class and we are still with the introduction to the 40 hadith of al-imam al-nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala and we covered in the last class that the narrations that are here in this compilation of the 40 hadith they are narrations that deal with the fundamental principles of the religion from the matters of creed from the matters of worship character as well as dealings and business transactions as the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was sent to perfect and correct these affairs to correct the belief of the people to teach them how to properly worship allah azza wa jal to teach them the correct mannerisms in islam and likewise teaching them the proper way to indulge in business transactions and imam an-nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala in collecting these narrations he collected that which is connected to these four affairs aqidah ibadah akhlaq and muamala the creed the worship the character and the dealings and we stopped at the statement of al-imam an-nawawi rahimahullah ba'ath ar-rusul ila al-mukallafin li hidayatihim wa bayan ash-shara'i ad-din bid-dala'il al-qat'iyya wa wadihat al-barahin al-imam an-nawawi he mentioned that the praise is for allah the one who has sent the messengers to those who are responsible for the purpose of guiding them and clarifying the legislations of the religion with clear cut proofs and evidences and we covered allah azza wa jal he is the one who sent the messengers and these messengers they are sent to the people for the purpose of guiding them this is the job the duty and the responsibility of the messengers when they are sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide the people and in this guidance of the people it is the establishment of the proof from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon mankind so that on the day of judgment there is no argument that they can have stating that the message did not reach them So when the messenger comes and teaches the people what's correct the excuse is removed as Allah azza wa jalla mentions wa ma kunna mu'adhibina hatta nab'atha rasula 
And we do not send a messenger Or we do not punish a people Until we send a messenger Now So the messengers when they come They come for the guidance of the people Removing them from the darkness Of ash-shirk billah azawajal Into the light of the tawheed of Allah azawajal Worshipping Allah alone and they also clarify for the people the proper way to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we took from this the importance of worshipping Allah based upon that which the Prophet Muhammad came with wasallam. And it is not for the people to worship Allah based upon their own desires or their personal views. Ibadah is not based upon what we feel. Or how we think something should go Ibadah Is to be based upon What Allah Azza wa Jal has revealed By way of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam As Allah Azza wa Jal He mentions To the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Innaka latahdi ila siratun mustaqim Indeed you guide To a straight path Which means that the knowledge that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam came with and presented to mankind, it is guidance to the path of Allah subhanahu wa taala. Also, when the prophets or the messengers they come to the people, they come with proofs and evidences to establish their truthfulness, and we have an authentic narration. And this is on the authority of Abi Huraira radiallahu an. Qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ma min al-anbiya nabiyun illa u'atiya min al-ayat Ma mithluhu amana alayhi al-bashar Abu Huraira he mentioned that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stated That no prophet from the prophets has come Except that he has been given signs The likes of it which the people from amongst mankind have believed Based upon these signs And he said وَإِنَّمَا كَانَ الَّذِي أُوْتِيْتُهُ وَحْيًا أَوْحَاهُ اللَّهُ And indeed that which I have been given Is revelation that Allah revealed to me فَأَرْجُوا أَنْ أَكُونَ أَكْثَرُهُمْ تَابِعًا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ so I hope as a result of that That I will be the most who is followed Or I will be followed the most from amongst them On the day of judgment So what is this that the Prophet ﷺ is referring to From the ayat that Allah has given to the Prophet ﷺ Which establishes his prophethood The greatest of them is the Qur'an that's the greatest sign, the greatest, as we say in this time, miracle. This is the greatest sign that Allah Azawajal has given to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his speech, the Qur'an. And even after the death of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this sign is continuous, it remains. If you look at previous prophets and messengers, they also were given signs as, a re, as a, uh, an example the Ark of Noah, السلام, this was a sign. Uh, in the time of Musa, السلام, he had the staff that turned into a snake and placing his hand into his garment and taking it out and it being white without any harm. This was a sign that Allah gave to Musa السلام, to establish that he's truthfully a messenger from Allah. Coming to guide the people and to teach the people that which is correct. We look at uh, Isa alayhi salam. He had signs. From his signs, he was able, by the permission of Allah, to cure the blind. He was able to bring the dead back to life by the permission of Allah. He fashioned a bird out of clay and then blew into it and the bird came alive. These were signs. These were signs. However, those signs don't exist anymore. Those signs, they are not relevant in this day and time. They're mentioned, we believe in them, but today they're not present. 
different from the Quran. Even after the death of the Prophet ﷺ, the miracle continues. The sign is still present. And as a result of this, the Prophet ﷺ will have the greatest amount of followers on the Day of Judgment. The Prophet ﷺ was given other signs. The splitting of the moon, the water coming from under his fingers, when the people were making wudu. And other than that, and these signs were proofs and evidences that he was truly a messenger from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Anawi rahimahullah ta'ala, he states, Ahmaduhu ala jami'i ni'mihi wa as'aluhu al-mazid min fadlihi wa karamihi. Al-Imam Anawi, he states, I praise him, meaning I praise Allah for all of his bounties. And I ask him for the increase from his virtue and his generosity. Here, Al-Imam Anawi, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says he praises Allah. And as we know, Alhamdulillah, is a well-known established statement and phrase that we say as Muslims. We praise Allah for the blessings that He has bestowed upon us. We praise Allah after we eat. We find Alhamdulillah mentioned in the Fatiha as well as in other than the Fatiha. So this statement of praising Allah is something that is established amongst the Muslims. And why is Allah praised or deserving of all praise? Number one, and we covered this in the last class, that Allah is deserving of all praise because of His beautiful names and lofty attributes. Allah is perfect and complete. And there are no mistakes when it comes to the descriptions of Allah or Allah's attributes or Allah's actions. There are no deficiencies when it comes to the descriptions of Allah. Allah is perfect and free from all imperfections. So for this reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is deserving of all praise. And the second reason why Allah is deserving of all praise is due to that which Al-Imam Al-Nawi rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned here, the ni'am, the blessings, the bounties. And we cover that the ni'am of Allah divides into two categories ni'matun dunyawiyah ni'matun diniyatun wa ni'matun dunyawiyah we have the religious ni'am or the religious bounty and then we have the worldly bounties and the greatest of the two without a doubt is the ni'mah of the religion as Allah Azzawajal mentions al-yawma akmaltu lakum dinakum wa atsimamtu ma'alaykum ni'mati wa raditu lakum islam adina that today I have completed for you your religion and I have perfected my favor upon you. Allah described Islam as being His favor. This is a ni'mah from Allah upon us. Allah says He has perfected His favor upon us and He has chosen for us and He has pleased for us Islam as our way of life. And then we have the worldly blessings from good health, being financially stable and other than that, from the worldly affairs that we enjoy. The ni'mah of Allah are many. As Allah Azzawajal mentions, وَإِن تُعْدُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْسُوهَا And if you were to count the favors of Allah, you will not be able to enumerate them. There are too many. There are too many. From that which we know, and from that which we are unaware of, from the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have a narration which is in the Sunan of Ibn Majah. And this narration is on the authority of Anas ibn Malik radiallahu But the Prophet sallallahu mentioned مَا أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ عَبْدِ النِّعْمَةِ فَقَالَ أَلْحَمْدُ إِلَّا كَانَ الَّذِي أَعْطَاهُ أَفْضَلْ مِمَّا أَخَذَا 
The Prophet ﷺ, he mentions that Allah does not bestow upon a servant a blessing and then he says, Alhamdulillah, except that that which he has given him is better than that which he has taken. Some have found this narration to be problematic. However, Al-Hafiz ibn Rajib rahimahullah ta'ala and others, they say that what is intended here is a ni'm ad-dunyawiyya. This what is intended here is the, the worldly bounties. Kal-afiyah, like having good health and rizq and having provisions and the repelling of harm from us. This is all from the worldly bounties. So when a person praises Allah for that, and both of them are ni'm. When Allah protects you from evil, that's a worldly bounty. And then when you say Alhamdulillah for that, that's also a ni'mah. But that's a religious ni'mah. So now, Barakallah fikum, that which the servant said in praising Allah is better than the worldly ni'mah. And that's the meaning of the hadith. And again, it shows that the blessings are of two types, religious and worldly. However, the religious blessing is greater than the worldly blessings. Now, so whenever a person is giving a blessing from Allah, from the worldly affairs, and he says, Alhamdulillah, he praises Allah for that. And this is an indication that we should praise Allah for the blessings we receive. Allah, you go as an example, you're not feeling well. You go to the doctor, the doctor does a test, test your blood, and when you go back for the results, he says everything is fine. We should say Alhamdulillah. That's a worldly bounty. But now, you saying Alhamdulillah is greater than the ni'mah of everything being fine with you as far as your health is concerned. This is understood? And both of our ni'mahs from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that religious blessing is greater than the worldly blessing. Because it's Allah who gave you the tawfiq to say alhamdulillah. Anytime we perform an act of worship, that's a ni'mah from Allah. Because we did not perform that act of worship on our own accord. It was Allah who gave us the success to come to the masjid and pray. It's Allah who gives us the success to stay away from the haram. It's not on our own accord, unrestrictedly. It's the success that is given to the servant by Allah. And that itself is the ni'mah. So whenever you praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a blessing He has given you, that's a religious ni'mah that He has bestowed upon you, giving you the ability to praise Him and to thank Him for what He has given. Now. Also, Al-Imam Anawi rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentions that he asked Allah azawajal for an increase of his virtue and his generosity. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he mentioned, he said, Sallallahu min fadlihi, fa'inna allaha yuhibbu an yus'al. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he mentioned, Ask Allah for His virtue. For indeed Allah, He loves to be asked. And this narration is collected in the Sunan of Al-Imam Al-Tirmidhi. And it is a sound narration. The benefit of this narration, that Allah, He loves to be asked. This is different from mankind. We as human beings, we don't like someone to continuously ask us. We get upset. It's the truth. Every time you see an individual, he's asking for money. We feel some kind of way, like, man, 
Why is this guy always begging? You know, this is how we feel. We may not even say it, but within ourselves, it does. we don't feel comfortable that people constantly asking. Even our wives and children. Right? Your wife keep asking you for money. You said, I just gave you money the other day, right? <laughs> That's the nature of human beings. We don't like to be asked for things constantly, over and over and over again. Allah Azza wa Jal, He loves to be asked. And when people do not ask Allah, Allah becomes angry. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, إِنَّهُ مَنْ لَمْ يَسْأَلِ اللَّهِ يَغْضَبَ عَلَيْهِ Indeed, whoever does not ask Allah, Allah becomes angry with him. Whoever does not ask Allah, Allah becomes angry with him. We're the opposite. Whoever does not ask us, we're happy with this person. This is a good person, mashallah. You don't mind being around that person because he's not going to ask you for anything. But the one who constantly asks, you want to be away from the person. Allah Azza wa Jal, He loves to be asked. Because when you ask Allah, it shows that you are in need of Him. But when you do not ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's as if you are not in need of His bounty and virtue. And that's not correct. Every one of us, we are in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is upon us to increase in our dua. It's important. And don't feel like you're asking for too much. That's a trick from the shaitan. Here we see the authentic narrations from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam commanding us to ask Allah. Don't let the shaitan whisper to you, say you're making too much dua now. How many things you going to keep asking for? No, you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for everything. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he taught Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, وَإِذَا سَأَلْتَ فَاسْأَلِ اللَّهِ And when you ask, ask Allah. Now, Another point, barakallahu feekum, when it comes to the ni'mah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that if a person wants the, the virtues of Allah and the favors of Allah to increase, then it is upon the individual to be grateful. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, وَإِذْ تَأَذَّنَ رَبُّكُمْ لَإِنْ شَقَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ وَلَإِنْ كَفَرْتُمْ إِنَّ عَذَابِي لَشَدِيدٌ That's Surah Ibrahim, verse number 7. Allah states, and when your Lord has proclaimed, if you are grateful, I will increase you. But if you are ungrateful, indeed my punishment is severe. So here Allah has given us the guidance of how to attain the increase in virtue and in blessings. We have to be grateful and show gratitude. And the way that we show gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is by way of the heart, number one. Number two, by way of your tongue. And number three, by way of your actions. By way of the heart is to acknowledge that the blessing comes from Allah. By way of the tongue is to praise Allah and thank Allah for the blessings. And mention it, but mention it to those whom you love them and they love you. Allah, He mentions, وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثِ And ask for the favor of your Lord, then mention it. But that's not everyone. Do you not see that Yaqub salam He advised his son Yusuf not to tell his brothers about the dream that he had? Everyone is not to be told about the blessings. There is a narration uh, where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he mentioned, استعينوا على إنجاه الحوائج بالكتمان فإن كل ذي نعمة محسود أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم says seek help in being successful in fulfilling your affairs by keeping them private. Don't tell everybody. For indeed, everyone who has a ni'mah, he's envied. So we learn from this, not everyone is to be told about the favors that Allah has given you. 
Rather, it's the people of goodness. So that when you tell them, they'll make dua for you. That Allah increases it for you. Likewise, we have the hadith about when a person sees a good dream. The Prophet ﷺ said, Tell those whom love you and you love them. Not everybody. So we show our gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala verbally by thanking Him as well as mentioning the blessing. And lastly, we show our gratitude by using that which Allah has given us of bounties and favors to please Him and to worship Him with. And we should not use that which Allah has given us to do the haram. If Allah has favored you with wealth, then you spend your wealth to pay your zakat as you're supposed to. You spend your wealth to take care of your family. You spend your wealth to build masajid, to give sadaqah, to help those who are in need. And other than that, from the ibadah maliyah. The mal or the wealth is a ni'mah from Allah. Don't take that ni'mah and then use it for that which is haram. Because that's being ungrateful. And that can cause that ni'mah to cease. Whenever people are ungrateful for the bounties that Allah gives them, then the ni'mah will come to an end. But when you are grateful, then this will cause the ni'mah to be continuous and increase. Now. Imam Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala he says wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah al wahid al qahhar al kareem al ghaffar He says I bear witness to la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah al wahid al qahhar al kareem al ghaffar Imam Anawi, he testified to the oneness of Allah. To la ilaha illallah. And what is the meaning of la ilaha illallah? The meaning of la ilaha illallah is la ma'bud bihaq illallah. That none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah. This statement of la ilaha illallah has been misinterpreted and mistranslated by many from amongst the Muslims. You find that Muslims translate some, not all. They translate La ilaha illallah to be there's no God but Allah. This is incorrect. This is incorrect. Why? Because God or the term God or ilah means ma'bud, something that is worshipped or one that is worshipped. If we interpret La ilaha illallah to mean There is no God but Allah Then that means That we Do not acknowledge That other than Allah is worshipped Although they are false gods And the reality is that Other things are worshipped besides Allah <clears throat> However They are worshipped in falsehood As Allah mentions ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْحَقِّ that is because Allah he is the truth. It is what? Batil. That is because Allah is the truth and that which they call on. So Allah is establishing that other than him is worship. But Allah also at the end says it is batil. So they are other gods, but they are false gods. That's from one angle. Because cows are worshipped, statues are worshipped. Prophets are worshipped, angels are worshipped, jinns are worshipped, iblis is worshipped. Huh? The Tawagheed, these false gods, excluding the prophets because they are not pleased with that, and the angels, the righteous, they are not pleased with that. But these things that the people have taken as their gods from the statues in the Shiatina, these are Tawagheed, they are false gods. So there are other gods that exist, but they are false gods. They're false gods. Allah is the one who is worshipped truthfully, rightfully. He's the one who deserves the worship. As for other than Allah, then they are not deserving of the worship. So this is why the correct interpretation of la ilaha illallah is none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah. The second angle of why the statement there is no God but Allah is an incorrect translation 
Because that will mean that everything that is worship is Allah. Because if you say there's no God but Allah, you're saying there's nothing worship except Allah. That's not true. Allah is worshipped and other than Allah is also worshipped. However, only Allah has the right to be worshipped. So if you say nothing is worshipped except Allah, then that would mean that Allah and everything else that is worshipped is Allah, which is incorrect. So the correct interpretation for La ilaha illallah in the English language would be that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah. Some have interpreted La ilaha illallah to mean there's no creator except for Allah. This is incorrect also. Because when the Prophet ﷺ came to teach the people, he did not come to call them to believe that Allah is the creator. Because they already believed that. As Allah mentions, وَلَئِنْ سَأَلْتَهُمْ مَنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ لَيَكُولُونَ اللَّهِ And if you were to ask them, who created the heavens and the earth, they will say Allah. Say that again. Eight George nine nine. Yellow cab, please move your car. Barakallah. Thank you. So Allah Azawajal establishes here that the polytheists believe that Allah is the creator. As Allah says, if you ask them who created the heavens and the earth, they will say Allah. So they already believe that. So when Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is sent, he's not coming to get them to believe that Allah is the creator. The people already believe in that. So what is he coming for? To get them to leave off the worship of the idols, to worshiping Allah alone. As Allah Azawajal mentions, that they said, when the Prophet said, uh, called them to La ilaha we have a hadith, the Prophet, he went amongst the people in the marketplace and he said, Ya qawmi, qulu la ilaha illallah tuflihu. Oh my people, say la ilaha illallah, you'll be successful. He's not calling them to believe that Allah is the creator, you'll be successful. They already believe that. What was the response of the polytheists? Their response was, does he make all of the gods to just be one God that is worshipped? Indeed, this is a strange affair. So they understood. When the Prophet ﷺ said to them, La ilaha illallah, they understood that he was calling them to worship Allah alone and to leave off the false gods. They did not understand that he's calling them to believe that Allah is the creator and Allah is the provider and Allah is the one who gives life and causes death. They already believed that. They already believed that Allah controls the affairs. Proof of that, when Abraha came with the elephants and the people, they left the Kaaba, what was the response? Because that house has a Lord who would defend it. They believed Allah existed. They believe Allah was the Lord. So the Prophet ﷺ, when he came with La ilaha illallah, it was not for the purpose for the people to believe that Allah is the Creator. So you have people, they say, La ilaha illallah means there's no Creator except for Allah. This is incorrect. La ilaha illallah is connected to worship. Worshipping Allah alone. And because Allah alone is the creator, He's deserving of worship. The worship or the lordship of Allah necessitates that Allah is to be worshipped alone. Then you have others who say, La ilaha illallah means that there is nothing that exists except for Allah. And this is a statement of severe heresy. When they say nothing exists except for Allah, they means that Allah is the creation and the creation is Allah. And you find this amongst some extremists. And they interpret Surah Al-Ikhlas, the statement, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدْ Say He Allah is one. They say there's لَا حَقِيقَ إِلَّا حَقِيقَتُهُ There's no reality except for His reality. Meaning that nothing 
is real except for Allah. So what does that mean? That everything that we see and touch and feel is Allah. And this is a statement of blasphemy and heresy. Because Allah is the creator and we are the creation. And we are not Allah and Allah is not us. Then you have those who interpret La ilaha illallah to mean that there is no uh, sovereignty or there is no judgment except for the judgment of Allah. And they make it into a political affair. But again, the Prophet ﷺ, he came with La ilaha illallah, calling the people away from worshipping the idols to worshipping Allah alone. So Allah is alone without any partners. Allah is to be singled out in three matters. Fi rububiyatihi, fi ibadatihi, wa fi asma'ihi wa sifati. Allah is to be singled out in His Lordship, meaning that Allah alone is the creator, the provider, the sustainer, the giver of life, the, call, the one who causes death. Allah is the one who arranges the affairs of the universe. All of this is a part of Allah's Lordship. No one shares with Allah in those affairs. No one helped Allah to create the heavens and the earth. No one. And in His worship, Allah Azzawajal is deserving to be worshipped alone, for He is the Creator alone, so we must worship Him alone. And likewise, when it comes to the beautiful names and lofty attributes, Allah is unique in these affairs, for there is nothing similar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for a shirk, then shirk is in these affairs. As they say, a shirk huwa taswiyatu ghairillah billah fima khasa lillah. Taswiyatu ghairillah billah fima khasa lillah. Making other than Allah equal with Allah in those things that are specifically for Allah. This in general is shirk. Shirk is not restricted to worshipping other than Allah, but there's shirk in the Lordship, and there's also shirk in making the creation to be similar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, Allah azza wa jal is al-wahid al-qahar. As Allah, He states, liman al-mulk, لِمَنَ الْمُلْقُ الْيَوْمْ لِلَّهِ الْوَاحِدِ الْقَهَّارِ For who is the dominion today? It is for Allah, the one and the irresistible. So Allah Azza wa Jal is one in those matters that are specifically for Him. And there is no comparison to Him. And Allah Azza wa Jal is Al-Qahar, the irresistible. And this is in relation to Allah Azza wa Jal being above and over His creation. And Allah Azza wa Jal imposing His will as He pleases. And no one can repel that. And Allah Azza wa Jal is the strongest. And no one can defeat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Kareem Al-Ghafar Allah Azza wa Jal is generous and He is kind to His servants. And Allah Azza wa Jal He is the one who is all-forgiving of His servants. Allah Azza wa Jal is kind to us even when we disobey Him. Allah He is kind. And from the kindness of Allah, He doesn't destroy us right away. Allah has the ability that you commit one sin, that's it. The affair is over. But Allah is generous and He continues to give us. Even though we don't do what He has commanded us to do. Allah is generous and He is kind. And Allah also is all forgiving. And here is an encouragement for us to turn to Allah in repentance. Because Allah, He forgives often. And what is meant by Allah being the one who often forgives the sins, meaning that Allah Azza wa Jal, He covers our sins. How many times have we sinned and Allah concealed our sins and the people don't know about it? 
Seriously. How many times have we done something haram and it didn't get out to the people? And it is a matter that is between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a favor from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He doesn't expose us for the sins we commit. So Allah Azza wa Jal, He is Al-Ghafar, the one who often forgives the sins. Allah, He conceals the sins, He forgives them, and He doesn't cause the person to be held accountable for them later on. He wipes them away. And subhanAllah, look at the mercy of Allah. The Prophet Sallallahu mentioned that when a servant commits a sin, that the angel does not write down the sin for six hours. Six hours. If he repents, it's not written down at all. Meaning before the six hour period elapses or comes to an end. And if he does not repent, then it's written. But even after the sin is written, you still have the ability to repent. That's the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us. Now, Imam Anawi rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentions, وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ سَيِّدَنَا مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ حَبِيبُهُ وَخَلِيلُهُ أَفْضَلُ الْمَخْلُوقِينَ الْمُقَرَّمْ بِالْقُرْآنِ الْعَزِيزِ المعجزة المستمرة على تعاقب السنين تعاقب السنين وبالسنن المستنيرة للمسترشدين المخصوص بجوامع الكلم وسماحة الدين صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى سائر النبيين والمرسلين وآل كل وسائر الصالحين Imam Anawi, he says, I bear witness that our master, Muhammad wasallam, is his servant and his messenger, his beloved one and his close friend. He is the best of the creation, the one who has been honored by the mighty Qur'an, which is a continuous miracle over the passing of times or the years. And with the enlightening sunan, for those who seek guidance, the one who has been designated with the comprehensive speech and the religion of forbearance. May the salah of Allah and His peace be upon him and the rest of the prophets and the messengers and the family of all and the rest of the righteous. Here is the second aspect of the shahada. Testifying to the messengership of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he said, "The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is our master." And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself, he said, "Ana sayidu waladi Adam yom al qiyamah wala fakhr." That I am the master of. The children of Adam on the day of judgment without any bragging. And this is what the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in relation to his status on the day of judgment. But we find the Prophet ﷺ saying about himself that he is the servant of Allah and his messenger. And this is in relation to this dunya. Why these two matters together? The Prophet ﷺ saying about himself that he is the servant of Allah and the messenger of Allah protects us from two things. It protects us from extremism and it protects us from negligence. And these two affairs, extremism and negligence, these are the two affairs which the the shaitan uses to lead the people astray. As was mentioned by many scholars of the past, from them, Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, Sheikh al-Islam ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyyah and others, 
That whenever Allah commands a servant with a commandment, the shaitan approaches him from two angles. Either from the angle of extremism or the angle of negligence regarding the command. And the shaitan doesn't care which of the two you fall into. Because both is misguidance. And when we say, اِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَلْضَالِينَ Guide us to the straight path, the path of those whom your favor is upon, not those whom your anger is upon, nor those who are straight. When we say, not those whom your anger is upon, nor those whom are straight, we're asking Allah to protect us from the paths of the people of negligence and the people of extremism. Those whom Allah's anger is upon, who are they? They are the people who don't practice their knowledge. That's negligence. And then those who are straight, they are the ones who have gone beyond the boundaries. That's extremism. So in the Fatiha, at least 17 times a day, we're asking Allah to be protected from extremism and negligence. So also in the statement, Testifying that the Prophet Muhammad is the servant of Allah and his messenger And the Prophet himself made this statement about himself That he is the servant of Allah and the messenger of Allah This is for the protection from extremism and negligence So when he says that he is the servant of Allah Meaning we don't raise him up to being a god that's worshipped He's only a servant He's a man who is a worshipper of Allah so we don't worship Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Because if we start to worship the Prophet, making dua to the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, that shirk billah This is extremism now. We're giving the Prophet a status that he's not deserving of. So one is never to worship the Prophet. And unfortunately you see people, when they go to Medina to visit the Prophet, you can hear them saying, Ya Rasulullah, this is wrong. We're not supposed to make dua to the Prophet The dua, as the Prophet mentioned, a dua ibadah. That dua is ibadah. Ibadah is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not for the Prophet Muhammad So, he is Abdullah, the servant of Allah. We don't worship him. But then at the same time, we can't be negligent. Because he is the messenger of Allah. We have to obey him. We have to obey. He's not, yes, he's a man, but he's the messenger that Allah sent. And Allah mentions, And we have not sent a messenger except to be obeyed by the permission of Allah. And what Allah says, Whatever the messenger gives you, take it. And whatever he forbids you from abstaining from it. He's the messenger, we have to obey him. Allah says, وَمَن يُطِعِ الرَّسُولِ فَقَدْ أَطَاعَ اللَّهِ Whoever obeys the messenger has obeyed Allah. So we have to have balance. We don't worship the Prophet ﷺ and raise him to the level of Allah, but at the same time, we don't disobey him and turn away from that which he has directed us to. So these two statements together is the cultivation, teaching the Muslims, to stay away from matters of extremism and to stay away from the matters of negligence. Imam Anawi rahimullah ta'ala he mentions that he is the beloved of Allah and the close friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza wa Jal, He loves the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this was testified to by Aisha radiallahu anha. When she mentioned, I do not see your Lord except that He is quick to answer you. Meaning that because Allah loves Him. Because Allah, He loves the Prophet Muhammad. So He will answer the du'as of the Prophet quick. And this is what Aisha testified to. And that's a sign of Allah's love for the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa 
And from the signs that Allah, He loves the Prophet wasallam, that He gave the Prophet, you know, the prophethood and the messengership. This is from the signs that Allah loves the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. There is a narration that mentions, أَنَا حَبِيبُ اللَّهُ I am the beloved one of Allah, and there is no arrogance or bragging about this. However, the hadith is da'if. The hadith is da'if. However, we do have the narration where the Prophet said, وَلَكِنْ صَاحِبُكُمْ خَلِيلُ اللَّهِ However, your companion is the beloved friend of Allah. He's the close friend of Allah. And this is one of the uh, special characteristics that Allah has given to the Prophet Muhammad wasallam that he is the Khalil of Allah along with Ibrahim salam. And he is the best of creation. The one who has been honored by way of the mighty Qur'an, which is a continuous miracle over the passing of the years. The Prophet ﷺ being the best of creation is extracted from many texts from them that on the day of judgment, the people will go to Adam salam. And they were asked Adam alayhi salam to ask Allah to start the judgment. And Adam alayhi salam, he would say, I ate from the tree, nafsi, nafsi. Go to Noah, he's the first messenger Allah sent to, the, to mankind. The people will go to Noah alayhi salam and they will ask him to go to Allah to ask Allah to start the judgment. And Noah alayhi salam, he would say, I asked about my son, nafsi nafsi. I'm worried about myself, I'm worried about myself. Go to Ibrahim alayhi salam. They will go to Ibrahim alayhi salam, and Ibrahim alayhi salam, he will say, I lied three times, nafsi nafsi. I'm worried about myself, I'm worried about myself. Go to Musa, and they will go to Musa alayhi salam, Musa alayhi salam, he will say, I killed the man, nafsi nafsi. Go to Isa. They will go to Isa salam. The narration says Isa will not mention anything. Another narration states that Isa will say, the people used to worship me. Nafsi, nafsi. Go to Muhammad sallallahu And when they go to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu the Prophet will say, I am the one for this. And the Prophet sallallahu will go and prostrate under the throne of Allah as long as Allah wills. And Allah will inspire him with some words of praise. In magnification, and then Allah will say to the Prophet, Raise your head and ask for whatever you want, and intercede, and you will be given the permission. And then the Prophet will intercede for the judgment. That's only for Prophet Muhammad. That's the great shafa'ah, the great intercession. That's only for Prophet Muhammad. That shows that his status is greater than the status of the others from creation. And there are other texts that can be mentioned. Also, the Prophet ﷺ, he has been honored by Allah. No, it's time? No. Inshallah ta'ala, we will stop at this point. Uh, whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Whatever is incorrect, it is for myself. Subhanaka Allah alhamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha ila ant. Astaghfiruka wa atubinu.